So again, if you have your Bibles this morning, you will read along with us. We're in the fourth division of the book of Psalm. So Psalm chapter 4. I'm going to read these eight verses uh, in just a minute. But uh, a lot over the last few weeks, I really meditated and pondered and just rejoiced about how good God is to me. I could probably wear you out and tell you lots of things that you may or may not care about hearing. But I want you to know something. God has been good to me. God has blessed me. He has provided for me so many things. And I have Him to thank for that. Here's a, a, a psalm that, that undoubtedly happened at the end of a day. It was an evening time. And a lot of times when you lay down in your bed at night, do you really think about, a lot of times our mind's thinking about what we got to do tomorrow, what we got to do tomorrow. And people say, well, I didn't sleep good. My mind was just racing. If you ever want a good night's rest, just lay down at night and think about how good God was to you just that day alone. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Give no fault for tomorrow. We, we can't control tomorrow. But just lay down at night and just begin to think about all the blessings that God has given you in that particular day. So for example, tonight when you lay down, count all the blessings that God has given you just in this day alone. So here's a, a, a prayer, uh, a song I should even say, at the end of a day that said this. Hear me when I call, O God, of my righteousness. Thou hast enlarged me. In other words, God, that you've come along and you've been very gracious to me when I was in distress. Have mercy on me and hear my prayer. I love a good bedtime prayer. Uh, just listen to what he's going to pray. He says, Oh, you sons of men, how long will you turn my glory into shame? How long will you love vanity and seek after leasing? Salah. He's talking about how long are you going to chase after these things that are not real and they're fake and they're false and they're artificial. He's talking about his peace that he has is a true, genuine peace. But know that the Lord has set apart him that is godly for himself. The Lord will hear when I call unto him. What a blessing that is. Stand in all and sin not. Commune with your own heart upon your bed and be still. Salah. Again, he said, I want you to just let your heart begin to meditate on the things of God when you lay down. Offer the sacrifice of righteousness and put your trust in the Lord. There be many that say, who will show us any good? Lord, lift thou up the line of thy countenance upon us. But the seventh verse is what I want to read to you today. Thou hast put gladness in my heart. My title this morning would be, He is Enough. When we start meddling into other things of the world, it's because we feel like that God is not enough. But listen to the rest of this verse. For thou hast put gladness in my heart more than in the time that their corn and their wine increase. I will both lay me down in peace and sleep. For thou, Lord, only makest me dwell in safety. Do you truly understand 
that when David lay down, or when the uh, he he began to lay down one night and he began to sleep, that his mind was not worried about all the things he could not control. He simply laid down, and in that moment, began to ponder about all the things that God had bestowed upon him. If you want a good night's sleep tonight, just lay down and close your eyes and pray and talk to God, thanking Him for everything that He has given you in that particular day. And not only did He say that I, 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 that I lay me down in peace, and He said, I also will sleep. For Lord, Thou, Lord, only makest me dwell in safety. I believe that all of us this morning, that we have... A, uh, the potential that we can say that there is joy, joy, joy down in my heart. Do you have that joy inside of you this morning? Do you think today that God is enough for you? Maybe you, you lay your head on your pillow at night and maybe that sometimes we kind of get in the flesh and we think, God, you didn't give me enough. But folks, when we have a true, humble spirit, we will realize that what God has given us every day is exactly enough. Just like the manna was enough for a day, God's given you exactly what you need today. When you laid down last night, what was on your mind? What did you think about? What did you ponder about? Now, I'm not saying we're wrong and we're a bad people and we're thinking about, did I, did I turn the iron off? Or I'm not saying we're bad people because we're wondering how much gas is in the car. But when we get our minds busy and we're wondering about the things that, that maybe we should not wonder about, can we just truly count in the blessings that God has given us? And you know what? Of all the things, I wish I would tell you I did this every night, but there's just some nights I lay my head on my pillow and I just want to thank God for a time that I remember. I remember just sitting in the back of the congregation and I remember sitting there and God dealing with my heart and I remember coming to an altar. It's like many nights I just relive seeking after Him and finding peace in my heart. And you know what? I sleep good when I think about those moments. I sleep good knowing about how good God's been to me. For This is what David said, Thou hast put gladness in my heart. Ever since the Garden of Eden, man has lost their happiness. Ever since that man pursued more than what God had given them, man has always been in pursuit of finding happiness. But I hope you will agree with me when I say this. Happiness is not in what we have in the world, which is the corn and their wine. He said happiness is in what God has given you. Now corn and wine, these were were very expensive, but they were also very temporary things that they had. How many people today lay down at night and they're worried about the temporary things, what they're going to do and how they're going to do it and what time they're supposed to be there. And again, I'm not going to imply to anybody that those things are wrong. But what I want you to think about is how often do we lay down at night and get our mind thinking about those things that are eternal. That's why Jesus says that we have treasures up in heaven where, where, where thieves cannot break through and steal and malls cannot corrupt. But don't lay them up on this earth where those things can happen. He said, lay them up in heaven. For he tells us that thou hast put gladness in my heart more than in the time that their corn and wine increased. Over and over again throughout the Psalms, we read about the goodness of God. Psalm 36 and 8 says this, They shall be abundantly satisfied with the fatness of the house. Again, the fatness of, of, of the house of God and the goodness of God and what God's storehouse looks like. You know, when the New Testament, there's the, 
the idea about the rich man that had grain. And what he did is when he gathered in another bumper crop, he said he went out and built bigger barns. And you know, he was dissatisfied because he was wanting grain and grain and grain. You know what I believe is more important? My storehouse is not near as blessed as what God's storehouse is. What do you think? Let's, let's compare houses for a minute. That's easy to do. We drive down the road, we look at houses. Who has bigger ones? Who has small ones? Who has nice things in them? And who has uh, different things in them? Let me tell you something I believe in today. That the storehouse of God has far greater things than your storehouse has. And you know what God allows me to do? God doesn't just tell me to look upon His storehouse. He lets me be a partaker of those do you ever lay down at night and just think about what God took out of His blessings, His storehouse, and He gives to you? You think about all of those things that God has done for us, and we lay down at night, and it's hard not to have a good night's sleep when you think about how good God has been. But you know what our, our natural mind wants to do? Our natural mind that we've struggled with trying to relax at night, and we try all these tactics to distract us, but just listen to a true proven method. Just think about the storehouse of God. For he said, the son, again, Psalms 36 and 8, They shall be abundantly satisfied with the fatness of thy house, and thou shalt make them drink of the river of thy pleasure. Where do you think our joy comes from? I want to read to you again. Psalm 4 and 7 says this. Thou hast put gladness. I hope that you all will agree with me when I say this. Our happiness in life is not in what we have. It's in whom we have. Our happiness is not just in the whom as far as the people, the brothers and sisters and mothers and daddies and next door neighbors and good co-workers and all that. I'm talking about a person in Jesus Christ. Do you really have a relationship with Him? So when I tell you that He is enough, think about this. If you've got Jesus in your life, who else do you need? Oh, we want people to be popular and we want people to like us. and we want to be. Some people want to be the social bucks, some people don't want to be. You've got those that are uh, introverts and extroverts. You've got those that want to be around people, those that don't. But I'm telling you, all you need in life is Jesus. Now, if, I, don't get me wrong. I love to have a church family. I love to have children of God surrounded in my life, and they are blessed. But I don't mean this in, in a slanderous way. But folks, if it meant uh, surrendering Jesus to be able to relate with you, I'll give you up for Jesus every day of the week. For it is much better to dwell with Him than it would be to dwell with people. But what's even extra blessed is when you get both of them. That's what I love about the church. I don't have to just say, is it people? Is it Jesus? We get Jesus. People is what we get. I love church. I love my church. I thank God that He saved my soul and He allowed me to be a part of His church, folks. I am blessed. He's enough. He's enough for me. I'm satisfied. I'm content with the church. I'm content with the, 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 the gospel that we preach and we proclaim. I'm not content with souls being unsaved, but I'm content with all the blessings that God has given us. For He said that Thou are the source of what we get. He says, For Thou hast put gladness in my heart. Philippians chapter 4. Let me turn over and read for just a minute. I'll read it to you if I can. Philippians chapter 4 and in verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say, rejoice. You know what I love about Paul? In this letter to the Philippians in the fourth chapter and the fourth verse, Paul did not rejoice in circumstances. 
he rejoiced in a person. What if we all waited till the moment was perfect and then we rejoiced? Do you believe in this today? Do you believe that you can rejoice even when the circumstances are not ideal? That sounds absolutely foolish, but it is true. Paul began to say this. He said uh, that, that, that people are struggling finding joy and happiness in their life. And I believe that Paul began to issue this command. He said, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Why do people struggle? Sixth verse of Philippians chapter 4 says this. Be careful for nothing. Now what it means to be careful, it means to be anxious about nothing. Boy, anxiety is on the rise, but that's another topic another day. But be careful or have fear or anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Not a request. He said, begin with thanksgiving. Notice what he said. That, that, it, that, that people today struggle with, with so many things, but, but Paul is rejoicing and he said, rejoice in the Lord always. If we find happiness in Him, it doesn't matter what the circumstances are. For if you were to answer or I ask you, where was Paul at when he wrote this? He was in prison. You mean to tell me that we can write a letter of rejoicing when we are in the prison and we are shackled by the sinfulness of the world? Folks, we can still rejoice. We think that only rejoice happens when we are free. Folks, Freeness is not about being free from the world. It's about being free in God. Are you free from the burden of sin and being shackled by sin? And Paul began to give us this encouragement that we need to rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. David said in the book of Psalms chapter 4, and to go back for just a minute, for he said, for thou hast put gladness in my heart. I don't believe that we're talking about just happiness because the circumstances around us are good. And by the way, the circumstances around us are that there's good, there's plenty of corn, there's plenty of wine. We have abundance of things. You know, there's many seaports that we read about that, that experience a, a, a booming time, but God was still displeased with them because they've forgotten God during the times of economic prosperity. I get it. I understand that, that we all struggle you want to really get a hold of somebody, you let the economy struggle. But folks, I pray today that your happiness does not come in the status or what kind of condition our economy is in, but it's about your relationship with Christ. Now don't get me wrong, I struggle too when I see things begin to change and we see all kinds of stuff. And probably more commonly, more recently I should say, we're, we're seeing the interest rates change and people can't borrow for houses and it's a struggle. But I want you to know something and I want to relay this point and this idea is that our happiness is not in what kind of state our economy is. Our happiness is in Christ Jesus. And it's that is where our pulse is. That is where our happiness is. And that's why it's important that we realize that, 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 that our joy and happiness comes from within. I'm afraid a lot of people have happiness, but it's a, I call it a fake smile. You ever seen people that have a fake smile? That means they're smiling with their mouth, but they don't have happiness in their heart. Folks, you can frown, you can smile, you can cry, you can laugh. But it's not about the expressions you have on your face, the emojis we might call them. It's about what's going on in your heart. Do you have a heart today that is truly happy and filled with the goodness of God? You know, sometimes at night when we lay down, tears come out of our eyes because we're broken. 
But you know what? When we can get like David and we start counting the blessings of God for when thou hast put gladness in mine heart. When we start getting to a point in our life where we can start counting uh, the, the blessings of God and the goodness of God in our life, then we realize really and truly how blessed we are in this life to have God bestow His favors upon us. The book of Nehemiah for just a minute. And in verse 10... Book of Nehemiah, 8th chapter. Skip down to the 10th verse. If I can, I'll read this verse to you. Then said he unto them, Go your way, eat the fat, and drink the sweet, and send portions unto them, for who have nothing is prepared. In other words, some of us, our heart is filled. And there are some people today that are empty. So again, notice the response that's going to happen. And he says, let me read this 10th verse again. He says, and send portions to them for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy unto our Lord. Neither be ye sorry, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Today, how many of us have true blessings that come from God? And I mean blessings that God has bestowed upon us. Blessings that God has given us that we might be able to enjoy. And how many of us, like the psalmist, can say that thou hast put gladness in mine heart. Let's keep reading that verse in a minute. Let's move on along. But he did not say that you don't have joy in your heart from the corn and the wine that was there. Again, notice what we're reading about here. He says, but thou hast put gladness in mine heart more than in the time that their corn and wine increased. Folks, I believe there are happy people in this world. But my question is, why are they happy? I know a lot of kids that are happy because it's the last day of school and summer starts. What is their motive for being happy? I know people are happy because they've walked into the job for the last day and they've now retired. They're happy because they're free. I know some people go to the doctor, they get an amazing report, and they walk under that doctor, and they're happy. And every one of those are justified and understood. They should be happy. But do you think that happiness in all of those circumstances compare to the happiness of God? Folks, today I believe that there's happiness in this life. I, I, I get happy when I see people uh, enjoying the goodness of God. People are living life and they're doing things. But I also believe this, that there is something better than what this world has. You can find happiness in the world. That may not be something you hear everywhere, but you can find happiness in the world. But it's not like the happiness of God. For he talks about, he says, For thou hast put gladness in mine heart more... In other words, he's comparing the two there. He said more than in the time that their corn and wine increased. Not only is it more abundant, but folks, it's going to last a lot longer. For all the prosperity that a person gets in this life, how long is it good for? You've heard the saying, there's not a U-Haul behind the hearse. What does that mean? All the things that we accumulate and all the things that we can bestow upon us, they're only good for what we have here in this life. That's, that's what they're good for. They're not meant for us to take. They're only good in this life. But folks, what God has given us, He said not only is it bigger, it's going to last longer, which means I believe that there are things that we do on this earth, and I believe there's a record kept in heaven. Do you believe in that? And you know what I believe? I believe one day we're going to go to heaven. And you know what? We're not leaving behind those things. We're going to go be with those things. 
We're going to be with Jesus. The things that we, we found important, the things that were, were, were of a necessity to us, the things today that, that, that we proclaim to so many people, these are the things that we're going to enjoy. And the psalmist said that we enjoyed this more, more, he said, than the grain and the wine wherein they increased. I hope that you get the idea this morning and you really truly understand the world cannot satisfy they cannot. The world will try. The world will give you so many things. But you know what that does? It makes you want more. Or maybe that, that joy and that happiness or, or those satisfactions, they go. Give a child a toy. They'll play with it. It won't be long. They'll be ready for the newest toy. Some people are not content and they want more and more and more. We want bigger and bigger and bigger, better and better and better. Folks, it doesn't get any bigger and better than God. It's not going to get any bigger or better than God. And that's why I can say uh, with the psalmist, uh, and I've had an awful lot of nights, I, sometimes I, I, and I confess, you know, most of the time I sleep pretty good. There's been a few nights in my life I, I've tossed, but a lot of times I lay down at night, and when my mind gets thinking about what's going on the next day or what all's gone wrong, I just simply close my eyes. And I start thinking about, God, how good you were to me in that day. And you know what? I think about the people I came across. I think about the love that I got to experience. I think about interaction that I had with people. I think about gospels that I got to preach. I think about prayers that we were able to pray. I think about all the things that God had bestowed upon me. And you know what? My problems become irrelevant after that point. You know what? Our goodness of God will overwhelm and it will drown out the problems of the world, folks. And that is when we can say, like the psalmist, is thou hast put gladness in mine heart. I want to read you a verse if I can find it here this morning. Book of Isaiah. Book of Isaiah chapter 55. <coughs> Let me read you the first verse if I can. Oh, everyone that thirsteth, come ye to the waters. We're talking about the gladness that we have. If you don't have it, what do we do about it? When we lay down at night and all we have are the, the, the things and the problems and the wrongs in life, and God, we don't have blessings, does that mean we can't get any? He said, yes, it is. He said, come to the waters. And he that hath no money, I like what he tells them. Come ye and buy. Did you not hear the first part of that? If you don't have money, come on anyway. God has something for you. Aren't you glad today that it's not about what we can give God? It's about what God wants to give us. Sometimes we lay down at night and we think about God. I, I want to do this for you and do this for you and this for you. And sometimes God just said, if you don't have anything to give, just lay down and look what I've given you. Look down at what I've given you. And He says, if you don't have no money, He said, come ye. And He said, buy and eat. Yea, Come. By wine and milk, without money and without price. He said, I can give you these things that are happy. He said, I can bestow these things upon you. Wherefore, do you spend money for that which is not bread? And your labor for that which satisfieth not? Hearken diligently unto me, and eat ye that which is good, and let your soul delight itself in fatness. Do you know what it means? In abundance. If I talk about something that's skeletal, 
I think you understand what I mean. It's something very, very, very minimal. Folks, today, let me ask you this. Has God been good to you in a minimum sense or a maximum sense? Has God been good to you maybe only giving you just a, a, a little bit or uh, fragments? Or has God given you an abundance of things in your life? If you've been saved, folks, God has blessed you abundantly. God desires that we might have things that only He can give. God desires that we might enjoy these things that only He is able to bestow upon us that we can enjoy. For I read a scripture this morning, and I'm going to close with this in just a minute. In the book of Psalms, chapter 81. Gladness in my heart. He said, more than in time of that their corn and wine increased. Let me read to you, I can. Psalms 81. Sing aloud unto God our strength. Make a joyful noise unto the God of Jacob. Now let's skip down to the end of that chapter. Tenth verse. I am the Lord thy God, which brought thee out of the land of Egypt. Open thy mouth wide, and I will fill it. You might chuckle when I say this. Have you ever seen a child try to be fed something they do not want? It's on lockdown, isn't it? They're going to zip it. They're going to button it. They're going to glue it because they are not opening their mouth. And I've seen parents take that spoon and they're just wiggling trying to get in and they'll try to feed that child. Folks, God's not forcing His blessings on you. you just got to open your mouth. Sometimes we go through this life and our mouth's just closed. But God said, open your mouth. He said, just open your mouth. Open thy mouth wide, he said, and I will fill it. But here's the problem. But my people would not hearken to my voice, and Israel would none of me. So I gave them up under, unto their own heart, lust, and they walked in their own counsels. Oh, that my people had hearkened unto me, and Israel had walked in my ways. Here's what He's going to talk about how they should listen. Let's keep reading. I should soon have subdued their enemies and turned my hand against their adversaries. The haters of the Lord should have submitted themselves unto Him, but their time should have endured forever. He should have fed them also with the finest of wheat. And He says, And with honey out of the rock should I have satisfied thee. You know, if you want to hear, if you want to find honey, you listen and you hear for, for the buzz of the bees. If you want to find honey from a rock, you got to listen to the Word of God. you got to open your mouth and you got to find what He wants to do. But, but listen to what He's talking about. Here in these, these last couple of verses, He's talking about how that we should listen. And it's important that we listen, that we even understand this. To listen means not just passively, but understandingly and also submittingly. When we open our mouths, may we truly understand that God wants to, to provide for us through, through a rock that He might give us honey. But let me ask you this, what kind of rock do you have? What kind of rock is God trying to bring honey out of? A rock of adversity? God's trying to feed you. 
Is God trying to give you, as, as, as we see in the scriptures about honey that come out of a line. Maybe today that God wants to provide honey out of a line. God wants to give you something in your life so that honey might come out of that. So that you might enjoy the sweetness of God. Maybe your rock that God wants to bring out of is a prayer that's not been answered in the way that you want it answered. Or maybe in the time of which you want it answered. Maybe the rock that you're going through right now is things are not happening the way that you want them to happen or that they're not transpiring in the manner by which we want them to transpire. But the truth is today, folks, God is enough. He is enough. If we ask and we don't receive, it's not because we messed up. It's because God said that He's going to give us exactly what we stand in need of. And God is enough. Now I'm going to read this verse. I know I've read it several times. I'm going to read it one more time. Psalm 4 and 7 says, Thou hast put gladness, gladness in my heart, more than in the time that their corn and wine increased. I wish I could tell you how many times here lately I've just laid down at night, and all I've done is just think about the goodness of God, the goodness of God, the goodness of God. Today, I don't know if the Lord's going to allow us to see the sunset, and we're going to get night time. But when you lay your head down tonight, don't think about all the things that are wrong. Think about all the blessings that God has given and realize that indeed that we can emphatically say that He is enough. I want us to get a song, Brother Larry, if you will.